Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Chivas del Norte podcast. We are back, and we're back to talk everything Chivas Femenil. Uh, the Chivas Femenil schedule caught us with a FIFA break just like the men, and every time there's a FIFA break, we tend to to slack off because we keep saying, you know, we'll record during the FIFA break, and then it never happens, but a month later, we're back, Melissa. We're back to talk Chivas Feminine. Yeah, the reason we, we didn't record last week, it was my fault. So I'm sorry, everyone. <laughs> but yeah, we're back and like there's plenty of stuff we need to discuss. But it's also good stuff because the team's doing great. Yeah, so just to recap, I, I guess like the past the past month for Chivas Feminine, uh, Chivas beat Pumas 4-1 at Verde Valle. Um, goals from Licha... Jocelyn Montoya, Jacqueline Rodriguez, and Miriam Castillo didn't get credit for a really good long distance shot, but it went, it counted as an own goal. Um, I'm trying to remember what happened in that game, Melissa, but I feel like it was just Chivas being patient and eventually breaking down Pumas and Pumas never knowing how to react. Yeah, I mean, Pumas is like always one of those like very defensive teams that can sort of wear you down a little bit, so... It was also great to see them like pull off such an impressive result because Pumas is one of the teams that is going to be in Liguillas. So, of course, you want to see like Chivas uh, start catching their, their rhythm for, for the knockout rounds. And I mean, Pumas are currently ranked fifth, so it's possible that they could meet in Liguilla. Yeah, definitely. And then, you know, the last time we recorded, we, we mentioned it, that this was going to be like the the hard stretch of their schedule for Chivas because they had, um, it was Pumas, then Cruz Azul, Rayadas, and uh, their next matchup, which had to happen, Tigres, on uh, next Monday. So, you know, th- these were the games that we were looking forward to because we were going to see what Chivas was made of. And they started off really well with that 4-1 victory over Pumas. And after that, there was a FIFA break. Licha got called up to the national team. Uh, Mexico tied 0-0 with Slovakia and lost 3-0 to Spain. Uh, Licha got, I think she got decent minutes against Slovakia, right? I think Spain, she got a couple of minutes. Yeah, she she got like a lot of minutes against Slovakia. And, I mean, it was also interesting to see or or kind of try, try and figure out what her role is going to be with Monica Vergara. So I think that she definitely saw what she could do, like in terms of pressuring rival defenses and like not being like bothered if things got physical. So we were seeing her do the same things that she was asked to do during the Clásico Nacional, where she, where she and Caro were like pressing the defense and trying to cause mistakes. So like I know she got a lot of criticism because you know people were saying oh she's not even scoring I mean she isn't even that good what is she doing at the national team but I mean I think that it's unfair because she's a player that she doesn't like she didn't have like all these huge like national team process like in the the youth level or even the senior team so she's basically getting into a group of players that know each other and like she's the new one in the in the group so of course she's going to need time like to adapt but I think that there were some interesting things for her and I mean it's also great that Monica is putting her in a role that she's kind of comfortable with like she's she isn't being asked to do anything that she can that she can do or that she hasn't done before so I think that 
Monica Vergara is like really aware of what her strengths are and she's really going to, to try and and bring those to the national team the same way she has with Chivas. Yeah, definitely. I think she got a little like unjust criticism from from fans that maybe don't watch her at Chivas and don't see everything that she can do. But but like you said, the coach is definitely the coach definitely knows what she brings and knows how to use her and it's just a matter of time I guess before she gets her her goal with Mexico, which I think will eventually happen, especially the way that she's been playing. And, you know, we've been seeing her play at Chivas really well. We've been seeing her play so well that you started your own campaign, Melissa. You started a campaign to get to get Licha's sponsorship, and no no one has stepped up to the plate yet. Yeah, I mean, it's been fun <laughs> because I've kind of been bothering, like, I bothered Puma, Charlie, Nike, Adidas, and just kind of made, like, this billboard-style like photo of her like scoring and just like erase the her cleats and, and kind of made like a little sign that says your brand could be here like scoring all these goals but yeah it hasn't worked out yet i mean i hope she she gets that deal soon and like we, we'll talk about it later but it was also like great to see her with the with the anniversary jersey with in the photos and like in the video so hopefully like puma saw like how good she can look <laughs> like to promote their stuff so i mean i'm I'm confident that the that the sponsorship deal is coming and like hopefully we can just keep annoying brands so that they they realize like the potential that they have there in terms of marketing <laughs> yeah definitely um that reminds me melissa me, me and you were joking around that uh when she was on the national team tour she didn't it didn't look like she was having a good time like she just looked mad in all the pictures that they would take of her and then towards the end of it i think there were like pictures someone must have told her like you gotta start smiling because <laughs> you look like you're having a bad time like with the with the mexican national team yeah i mean i can understand because like i'm not like a super sociable person yeah. so like imagine you're like the new kid and then you're getting into like the clique of people who have known each other for years like of course it's going to be like uncomfortable but i also think that's kind of like licha's personality like it doesn't like it's not that she's like arrogant or anything it's just like it seems like she's really awkward like at at kind of like interacting so i mean i guess that it must take her like time like <laughs> we even saw it at chivas like you don't really see her like posting on social media like we see her a lot more like on kimberly's photos yeah because she's playing pranks on her. So, like, it seems that, that she's kind of, like, friendly, but she seems to have, like, a really low-key profile. So, yeah, I mean, at the end of the of the training camp, we were seeing her, like, show up in more photos. And, like, they, she just kept breaking our hearts because she was hanging out with Maria, and, like, they were <laughs> talking and, run, and jogging together. So, and then, then she even, like, shared, like, on her Instagram stories, right? Someone, like, sent her, like, a photo of her and Maria, and they were, like hey, don't you dare convince her to go back to Chivas. Yeah. Like, she shared that and, and kind of put, like, a, a little, like, emoji thinking of, like, maybe that, that's what I was doing. So <laughs> I think that it's just, like, her her kind of, like, her personality. Like, it it seems like it take, takes her time to to kind of, like, fit in, in groups. But, yeah, I mean, I, I could relate. I think that if, if something similar happened to me, like, I would probably be worse or do worse than... How Licha did. <laughs> yeah, if, um, 
you've seen that interview, right? I think I forget what they do, but they ask two players questions, and it was Kim Kimberly and it was uh, Licha, and Kimberly's like, yeah, the first day she showed up to the to like the cafeteria, I said hi, and she just walked right by me, like ignored me. She's like, it took her like two weeks for her to say something. <laughs> so I, I guess maybe she is a a little bit socially awkward, but she she warmed up to them. I think at the end, um, we saw her. I, she even shared like a Nicole Perez uh, like a selfie I think that they took in like an elevator or something so um she definitely I think had a good time reminiscing with her ex Chivas teammates yeah they probably got the chance to talk after the game <laughs> but we, we'll get to that but yeah I mean, it was kind of funny like also how protective like all the Chivas fans are with Licha like from the criticism and just like basically like saying, oh, we, we want to see her like interact, like someone go and give her a hug and stuff like that. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of great to see like how she has become like this figure that fans have really rallied around. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's kind of interesting to see like her process like on the pitch and also off the pitch with the national team. Yeah, definitely. And then right before the FIFA break ended, um, some bad news for Chivas Femenil. Yashira Barrientos, who was just coming back from an injury, tore her ACL at practice. And she'll be out for the remainder of the season and probably for maybe like half. I think it takes like a year to recover off, of, like seven to eight months to recover off an of ACL injury. So maybe she might even be missing next season, which is unfortunate because she was just coming back. And um, I remember on the last podcast, I was like, Yashira's finally healthy. It'd be great to see her get some more minutes, especially, you know, if you want to give Licha a break going into Liguilla, but she got hurt and it's, uh, it sucks, you know? Yeah, I mean, and and that's also kind of where you see how it can be an issue for Chivas, like the apparent like lack of depth, even though it ended up being solved really well and we, we also get to that. But yeah, it kind of sucks because, I mean, of course, you don't want to lose like any player, but also, I mean, losing, like, Yashira in particular because we don't really have any center forwards, like, besides her and Licha, so, yeah, I mean, I hope that she has a a fast recovery, but, I mean, it's definitely going to take like, at least seven and nine months, seven to nine months, so, yeah, I wouldn't expect to see her, like, next season with the team, but, I mean, luckily, the players that have tore, like, their ACLs with Chivas, like, they seem to get, like, really great surgery and really great, like, therapy and stuff. So, they've all come back, like, really well. I mean, Michelle Gonzalez had, like, surgery from that right when she arrived with Chivas. And, like, look at her now. And, like, same with Miriam Garcia. So, I mean, at least we, we are confident that the club's going to give them, like, the best treatment available. And that when she comes back, she will come back, like, looking really good. Yeah, I think we've advanced so much, like um, in terms of like medicine and performing surgeries. Because I I remember before an ACL tear, and that was like your career might be pretty much over. Because recovering from that was um was pretty difficult. Like not a lot of people did it. And now, like any athlete in any sport, they tear their ACL, and and the mention of like your career ending is not even like it's not even mentioned anymore. It's like oh, they'll recover from that and they'll be back better than ever. So. I'm I'm sure Yashira will will be fine, and it seems like she's in good spirits. Um, the other day we were talking that she posted on her, I think it was Carol Bernal that posted on her IG Yashira just dancing with her crutch, and really she's gonna <laughs> re-injure herself. Like, what's she doing? 
Yeah, the, the, she told her like dance, dance, and then she kind of started trying to dance, and, and I was like, oh my god, she's going to hurt herself. But I mean, that's kind of her personality too. So I mean, it's also part of how the the teams become like a family. So yeah, I'm sure that she's getting like a lot of support, like from staff and also like from her teammates. So yeah, I think that she'll be okay. She also posted like a photo of her leg, like with the stitches. Yeah. And she said, hi, hi, Chucky. <laughs> so, I mean, she's making jokes and I don't know. It seems like, of course, like having that positive attitude is, is always going to help when you're recovering from an injury like that. So, yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm not that worried about her. Like, I just hope that everything comes out well for her. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And then we had the game right after we had Chivas Cruz Azul. And Chivas won 1-0 with a goal from Caro Jaramillo via PK. Um, Licha did not play this game because she arrived back to Mexico City, I believe, one day before the match. And Shorty did not. I'm guessing Shorty just didn't want to risk her because of jet lag and being tired and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that, or or at least I wasn't expecting her to, to play or, or to start because, I mean, she just got back from from Europe and like the match was the next day so and they also kind of locked out because she arrived to Mexico City and that's where they were going to play but I mean I think that she just appeared on the bench because she was already there but I don't think that Chore was like planning to to play her or anything and like I know that there was a lot of backlash against Chore like why isn't she playing I mean Chore is trying to take the golden boot away from her <laughs> But, I mean, we need to understand that, I mean, as in good shape as, as she is, like, this is her first trip to Europe. And, like, a, a lot of players, like, Alison did play, like, the next day, and she played, like, only 45 minutes. But, I mean, Alison is 18, Liche is 27. Like, recovery is not the same. I mean, as prepared as you are, I mean, of course, there's, like, the age factor, and there's also, like, Mexico City like the the altitude could also have affected her and like the jet lag if you're someone who is not that used to making those kinds of trips of of course it's going to affect you more and and like players like Allison or like a bunch of the Tigres players who have been in in the national team for a longer time you learn like how to how to handle like your travel and how it impacts your body and you know how it works but I mean, I think that it was it was kind of like a combination of everything. And I mean, I'm glad that they were being cautious because, I mean, I know that everyone wants her to win that golden boot. But I mean, what if she comes in, scores three goals, and then like she injures herself? What are you going to do then? So, I mean, I, I'm, I'm glad that they're being cautious. But I mean, now that, and of course, we're also going to talk about that. She also didn't play against Rayada, so... We kind of don't know if she got like an injury with the national team or what's happening there, or it's just the fact that it was like a really short like recovery time frame for her for the Cruz Azul game, and then she she picked up something afterwards. But yeah, I mean, I hope that she's okay, and but I'm also kind of not worried because not just because of the results, but because you can tell that. I mean, of course, they must have discussed like these possibilities with her, and and I don't think that it's going to to like have like a negative impact in her in terms of 
like all these theories that fans have that that Chore has a bad relationship with her or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't think that's the case. I think it's just, um, you know, you got to make sure that she's going to be healthy for the league again. You're not going to... You def- definitely don't risk her for the Cruz Azul game and then the Rayadas game, the broadcast. We'll, we'll get into that, but um, just to briefly talk about the Cruz Azul game, um, I I was kind of excited to see like a league shotless team just because I wanted to see how it would affect the team and how, how good or how bad they'd look. And like you said, the team looked pretty good. Um, Jocelyn Montoya was creating chances against Cruz Azul. Uh, she couldn't, she didn't really have her finishing boots on that day, but she did draw a PK and that led to the win in the game. Um, Gato scored it. And after it, they all threw up the uh, 3-3 for uh, Yashira Barrientos in the celebration. That was really cool to see, but you know, it, it's so important now and it stands out even more the work that Shorty's been doing because it's now two games in a row with no lead chat but the team doesn't seem to miss a beat if if there's if you know if they're gonna finish if they're finishing then the team's not really missing her right now and that's a that's a positive thing especially after one of your strikers got hurt like knock on wood you know something happened to Licha going to Ligia, you know, we might we might be okay because there's a system in place now compared to last season where if Licha was out, we were in big trouble. Yeah, I mean, they basically played two matches now without a player that is like a pure center forward type. So, I mean, I think that, like, of course, you know that, that Chore has been doing the work. And like Chore has been saying this all season, like, yes, I know that Licha stands out, but it's it's like a teamwork. But, you know, it's really easy to, to say that and, and for people to kind of dismiss that when, when you always have Licha there. But now that she hasn't been there and like the team's delivering these results, I hope that more people are actually going to believe Chore when he says that. Because it's really obvious that the work that he has been doing, like even though, of course, you have Montoya and you have Caro and you have Annette and you have all these really talented players, I mean, with or without Licha, you cannot pull off these results if there isn't like carefully constructed tactics or, or you know, like a system in place to make them like perform. So, I mean, I think that it's been kind of like a perfect combination of players like being really committed and like showing great a great level and great performance and also paired up with the with the care that Chore has had to produce a system that brings out the best in them. So yeah, I think that it's been interesting to see these these last two matches in terms of and they were saying this like on the Chivas TV broadcast, like that there's not a Licha dependencia, like they're not dependent on Licha. So they have been proving that and I mean it's really awesome to see that. Like particularly because we are headed to the to like the final stretch of the season and just like knowing that you can deliver like no matter who's on on the on the pitch and on the starting 11 like it must be like a really great feeling for the team yeah absolutely and um so yeah Chivas beat Cruz Azul 1-0 in that game um some other outside of Chivas former Chivas player news Ruby Soto and Villarreal got promoted to Spain's first division of women's soccer over the weekend. Um, that was pretty cool to see. Ruby was posting like a lot of uh, celebra- celebratory uh, pictures and videos. So our hopes of her coming back and pairing up with Licha <laughs> kind of take a hit, I think, right? 
Yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with Ruby. Like, she had been getting, like, a lot of minutes, like, particularly on the on the final, like, part of the of the season with, with Villarreal. And, I mean, Sara Monforte seems to be, like, a coach that really thinks about what players she has. And, and like, it seems that she really did bring Ruby with the team because she knew what she could bring to, to, the, to them. So... Now that she could potentially play like first division, I mean, I don't know what her plans are because like it's also not just like the sporting part. Like we know that it's been difficult for Ruby like as a person because like losing her mom right before she left. I mean, that must be like a complicated process also like on that level. So, I mean, I don't know what she's going to decide. I mean, I guess that it's also going to depend like on the project Villarreal have for for first division, but I mean, she's also going to get more chances because they also had like a, an unfortunate injury. Um, like one of their forwards, uh, Selma Parayuelo, who was like their big goal scorer, she also tore her ACL like right at the end of the season. So, I mean, I think that is going to be interesting, but also like massive congratulations to her because like earning a promotion like in, in Europe, it's not an easy thing to do. And like the way they did it, because Villarreal was really impressive all season. I, I don't know, they just lost like one or two games, like in the whole year. So, I mean, I think that it speaks to to the fact that Ruby is in a team that is well developed and has a lot of work behind it. So, yeah, I mean, I hope that that whatever happens, like whether she moves or like stays or, or whatever she does that it's like for the best because I think that she's a a really talented player and like as much as I would maybe like to, to see her like with Licha I mean she has to make like the best decisions for her and also like there's a matter of like we don't know like because she left right in the middle of the the Villa situation and like, from what it looks like, it seems that she was, like, Team Villa. So, like, also in terms of her coming back and what that would mean for the locker room, I mean, I don't know. It's something that they're really going to have to think, like, about in terms of what's best for Ruby and also what's best for Chivas. Yeah, it'll, it'll definitely be something to keep an eye on, um, especially because of that injury that you mentioned. I did see that when I was... um looking up Villarreal's promotion and I think they even did it with like three games in hand if I'm, if I'm not mistaken which is you know even more impressive but um, I think they have a, a good project going on and hopefully Ruby Soto is like part of the part of the plans for that because um, it's it's really cool to see the women's players now you know getting their chance in, in Europe especially players that are coming out of the league you know that were developed by the league so that's always a plus yeah and I mean she had like a like the assist for the first goal, like on the yeah. last match that they won during the promotion, like she served that. So, I mean, you can tell that she's someone who is like contributing to the team. It isn't like she's starting and like she isn't, she's walking away like with nothing. Yeah, yeah, she's definitely contributing. She had, I think, even before that, she had definitely, she definitely had like a goal or two because I remember posting them in the, in the former Chivas players uh, thread. <laughs> <laughs> How long is that now? It's like I I stopped doing Roman numerals because after thirty nine I think it's like XL and then like I it got too confusing so now I'm just doing 
definitely part 40 or 41. Chicharito had a lot to do with that over the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> um, but to go back to Chivas Femenil, uh, Melissa, Chivas Femenil got to wear the uh, 115th jersey on uh, Monday as well against Rayadas. And like you mentioned before, we saw the the promo pictures from um, Pumas. I saw I saw a hilarious joke on the timeline. I forget. Is there at? I think the at is uh, last underscore Super Chivas. They uh they tweeted out the picture of Iramier and Licha looking at looking at their jerseys and saying um I'm gonna tell my kids these were their parents. Oh yeah, that was so funny. <laughs> that was a hilarious tweet. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of like also great like to see like the difference like five years have made because when they released the 110 years jersey, there wasn't even a women's team, so it was interesting to see what Puma did and like the way they integrated the women's team and they also got their their own jerseys and they got to wear it on on the on their match so i think it's also kind of like this commitment that the club has to like showcasing the women's team as equals to the guys so i mean i think that it was like really nice to see them on the on the promos and and also like wearing that shirt because you could tell that they were all like really excited to to wear it and they were all like posting the photos in the locker room and I mean that's kind of like this is the club's anniversary and like of course they are going to be part of that too so yeah it was really really great to see I, I already have mine and it's ready for for Monday against Tigres <laughs> we should just play with that like throughout going the rest of the tournament like don't go back to the to the one that uh, they've been using with the uh the imprints on the stripes just go with the 115th anniversary one we tend to have good luck in like anniversary kits i feel like yeah i mean i think that they should keep it and also they were wearing like different socks from the from the men right they were wearing like dark blue socks and the guys wore white socks oh i don't i don't remember i'm not off the top of my head i just know blanca got like the the real short sleeve jersey and that and didn't have to cut the sleeves off like uh like Doña Rodriguez <laughs> yeah that was so funny because after he cut off the sleeves like there was it was just like a white shirt yeah and like Blanca's looked like way better so yeah I think that it's also kind of like maybe the design like when they were designing that for like the women they probably already had in mind that she was going to wear like a short sleeve jersey. Yeah, I'm looking at, at photos and like they were wearing like dark blue socks too with the with the with that shirt. So yeah, it's it also those little like extra touches like to make it different, but also kind of like in the same like anniversary vibe. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was it was a good um it was a good rollout by Puma and like you said, she was integrated both teams into it, so that that even added to the to the rollout like it's really good. Yeah, we even can... though people are now fighting over the limited edition jersey. <laughs> that long sleeve one, very hard to get. Yeah, un- unless you get a care package from Chivas. <laughs> um, let's see. Looks, I mean, we could jump right into the Rayadas game, or we could talk about Shorty Mejia's interview before the game. Um, Shorty decided to get a little spicy before. We, we play um, Rayadas and Tigres. That's like what stood out for me, the line where he said, um, they asked him about Tigres and Rayadas and how they dominated the league. And he kind of like 
kind of gave them like a little smirk on the video. He's like, you know, Tigresan Rayadas' dominance is it's going to change. And he kind of gave them like a little smirk. And he said, you know, we don't, I don't play the season to beat Tigresan Rayadas. You know, I, I play to be the best team, to make Chivas Femenil the best team in the in the region, he said. Not even like the country. He said like in the whole, in the whole CONCACAF, I guess. So that, that pretty big words from uh, Shorty Mejia right before we played uh, Rayadas and Tigres, Melissa. Yeah, I kind of love it because, like, he's been kind of, like, working really quietly the whole season. And, like, even before, like, everybody was trashing the team and saying they, were, they weren't going to qualify and they were going to be the disappointment. And, like, he didn't say anything and then he didn't say anything and then just, like, the results kept coming. And up until the, the last few jornadas, he's been, like, loosening up and kind of, like, giving us, like, more insights on... Like, he's showing, like, a really cheeky side, and, and I love that because, like, they're backing that up. I mean, he's not just, like, saying, like, things or blowing up the team. And, like, he's also kind of been, like, really respectful, too. Like, it's not, like, a kind of banter that is, like, disrespectful of, of the other team. So, I, I like that. And, yeah, I mean, you could tell, like, in the in the interview, like, because they also told him, like, do you feel like jealous of of the rosters like the Regio teams have? He was like, no, I mean, like I'm convinced that I'm training like the best players in the in the country. Like I know that they they're the best in the league, and like he's been showing that, and, and it's also kind of funny. And like the whole Rayadas game is so interesting because like of the contrasts. Because I mean, to be honest, if you look at at the rosters and the, the starting 11 for each team. I mean, you look at Rayadas and it's an incredibly balanced team. I mean, they they have like two goalkeepers that could be starters in any other team in the league, like Godinez and Lozoya. And then like their defenders, like Mariana Cadena and Rebeca Bernal. And, you know, the Selección Nacional, like, account tweeted at them, like, wishing good luck to players who had been called up to the national team. And it was like six Rayadas players and not a single player from Chivas. So, I mean, you, you look at that and, and you kind of feel, could feel like intimidated. But what Chivas showed is that you can win and you can beat like even the, the strongest roster, like with teamwork and like with good coaching. And, like, with that commitment that they have been showing. And, like, this is just, like, not just because we know that Rayadas have been having, like, internal issues. And, like, of course, that's a factor. But I think that we can say now, without a doubt, that Chore is one of the best coaches in the league right now. I mean, what he has done with this team is, is really impressive. And I, I do think that as fans and as people who, who watch the league, like, beyond whether you support Chivas or not. I mean, I think that it's time to acknowledge that he has shown like a, a huge capacity as a coach to turn a team that nobody was betting on into a title contender. Because I think that right now, I mean, they're in second place. They haven't left the top four in like half of the season. So... No one was expecting that, so that's also why all the credit is to Chore and the players because nobody really believed in them. Yeah, absolutely, and you know they even asked him about Licha and 
maybe if there was like a codependency on her and you know he he gives her his, her flowers and she he's like um you know because an important part of the team and no doubt like you know we can't discredit anything she does but it's it's a team you know and and he said you know there's a system in place for all these players to to succeed and these last two games that Chivas has played have just made it more obvious like a player steps out and there is a system to to take care of the team you know there's not there's not there's not that leech codependency that you mentioned earlier and like you said you know fans could not believe it because they're like you can say that all you want but Licha's there and that's why you guys are winning but these last two games Licha hasn't been there and the team is winning and look at the way they beat Rayadas I mean a 5-0 win when when I when when fans saw that lineup that Shorty put out without no, Licha not even on the bench everyone's like what what the hell what the hell is Shorty doing and then we win 5-0 and everybody forgets that they were worried about that yeah I mean I think that it's incredible when I saw the lineup I was like I mean, at first I was like panicking a little bit, but then I mean, of course, like I was worried about Licha because we hadn't gotten like any official confirmation, and like they they said that you know she seems to to be going to be okay for the final game and whatever. But I mean, I think that now we should even worry like less because like the team has shown that they can handle like whatever gets thrown at them. And that they can deliver, like it doesn't matter who who's playing. So yeah, I think that it's time to to like trust Chore and trust the team and trust each of the players. And like there's a lot of things that we can look at from the from this game. And like for me, like the standouts are like yeah, of course, like the work that Chore has done. Second, like how some of the players have stepped up to the plate, like when they have to. Like I think that this was. Um, Jocelyn Montoya's like her graduation game mm-hmm. because of the way that she stood out and like of the way that she was able to carry the team because I think that what has been interesting with, with Jocelyn has been like this process like in the past two years because it, this is also not something that just happened overnight I mean she's been working at this for two years and like seeing her develop her game and growing and just like last game was like the perfect encapsulation of everything that she can be because everything that she had to fix she fixed it for that game I mean you could tell like I was watching the the second half last night and like her and Danette um, they kind of always had this issue of not looking around like at the rest of their teammates and like being able to, to read their runs and figure out how to pass and when to pass and like on that match, they were able to do that perfectly. So I think that Jocelyn gave kind of like that final step that she needed to like take it to the next level. And like, it's really amazing to see, like particularly for her, because I mean, she's a player that she's kind of like on the U20 age bracket, but she missed a year because of an injury. And she's also like part of this group of players that have been like developed exclusively by the league. I mean, she never had like the the national team process until she got a few call-ups in the U20. And now she's going to be fighting for a place with the senior team. So I think that's also kind of been like a motivation to her. 
like thinking that she needs to to step up her her game even more to compete with that. So yeah, I mean it was so so exciting to to see that match. Yeah, absolutely. It was definitely like Jocelyn Montoya's like I've arrived game. You know, she she took over that game, and I mentioned the game against Cruz Azul where she was she was creating all these chances, but she wasn't finishing them. But against Rayadas, she had her finishing boots on and. I mean, that goal that she scored outside the box, that was, I thought that was a, a lost play because it was like a counterattack. And like you said, you know, she sometimes doesn't make the pass that she needs to make, but she just rotated around and she's like, all right, I, I got this and bombs it from outside the box. I was like, holy, when I saw that go in, I was like, what? Like, and it was, I think that was her hat trick too. So it was like even better. Yeah. It's one of those goals that you kind of like see them happening, like in slow motion. Mm-hmm. Like you could see like the ball going over Godinez and yeah, it was so so impressive, like the maturity that she showed, like because carrying like the team like that, it's not an easy burden. I mean Chivas hadn't had really until until Licha like a like a killer kind of player that could finish everything and like it's not necessarily like Jocelyn's most natural attribute, but she did that so well. So yeah, I mean it's just like massive props to her, like a well-earned hat trick, and like if people didn't know her name already, they do now. Yeah, definitely. Um, just to talk, recap the game. Um, that first half, it was basically Chivas versus Rayadas and the referee. There was a a no call PK on uh, Jocelyn Montoya. Like it was so obvious. I don't know how the referee didn't didn't call that PK or even the sideline ref like the sideline ref could have stepped in and be like that that's definitely a PK somebody somebody saw that and and nobody called it that was that was crazy um I think Miriam Castillo picked up like a really bad yellow in the first half which eventually did come back to bite her because she got a, a second yellow in the second half um I I do think we did have like um defensive uh mishaps I think Monsi Vice was wide open in the box like two or three times in that first half. And um, Rayadas could have scored, but the Muncie Vice just didn't get her shots on target. I think Shorty definitely had a talk with them at the break and was like, you guys got to get it together because if not, they're definitely going to score on this. And then for the second half, we see, we saw what we've seen from Chivas this tournament, which is that high press that teams can't seem to figure out. And usually it's Caro and Licha, but this time it was Annette and uh, and Caro that um, got that second goal, and then it was Isabel Gutierrez with the with the press that got the first goal for Chivas. Yeah, I mean something that we have been seeing for this team is that um, even when they have like something against them, it doesn't bring them down. Like after that PK that didn't get called, like it would have been understandable if the if the team had lost focus but they didn't so that's also like props to the mental work they have been doing and yeah I mean the refereeing was it was dreadful but it was like dreadful both ways so I mean we can say that that Chivas won that fairly because (laughs) both of them got screwed by the ref so and yeah I mean the the first goal from Isabella I mean it was just like also something that, that Chivas has been doing really well is when they when they are set up to press rival defenses and looking for those mistakes, like they don't let go. Like they just keep pushing and keep pressing. 
and like that play from Isabella and also it was like a, a funny thing to notice because you know there were there were two former Chivas players like Nicole Perez and, and Andrea Sanchez on the pitch and like yeah. Javier Quesada who has been covering the women's team for years now and like he if there if there is someone who knows the players it's him and like he said that like Isabella knew that Andrea always misses that kind of play and that she fumbles when, when she's pressed so that's what she did <laughs> and it was also kind of funny to see like that that little like shade <laughs> at Andrea <laughs> but yeah I mean it it goes to show like they're focused on the on the weaknesses and everything that they have detected on their rivals and they just keep learning from their own mistakes so it was also like really nice to see Isabella score like the first goal because I mean she's like a canterana like she's a Chivas grown player like if there's someone who understands what it means to to score in a jersey like the anniversary jersey and also to do the celebration because they did like the the circus mm -hmm. like celebration and like she was the one who did like the jump I mean if there's someone who can understand what that means like what wearing the the badge means and what doing that celebration means I mean of course it's going to be like a, a, a Chiba's grown player like her so I was really happy for her I think that she's having like also like a breakout season and it's also part of of what Chivas have shown I mean they don't have like the a roster with big flashy national team European expensive names but it's been like the youth players and the homegrown players and players like Licha and Caro who may not have been developed by Chivas but who are like hardcore Chivas fans they're the ones who are putting up a fight against you know teams that have invested a lot more than they have so I mean it's it's kind of been great and they can understand why Chore said that he wants like the tide to change because um, Tigres and Rayadas have been dominating the league and I mean it's good to see that there's someone willing to step up to that challenge I mean both the players and Chore because I think that they all really understand what playing for Chivas means and what's the level of effort and commitment and, and of scrutiny too that's going to come with that so yeah I mean I think that uh, that overall this was like a a statement win on so many levels like for the players for Chore and for the fans yeah especially yeah. Nolicha and um, one more player I thought had a great game and we've been critical of her I think this season so far and that Vasquez had had a great game. She had that tackle to steal the to steal the ball that led to the second goal. She had, I think, I think she had two assists that game. Um, like her vision was on point on Monday night. You know, her vision is something that we've also talked about that she doesn't really make the pass when she needs to. But on Monday night, like I don't know, everything was just clicking for everybody. Like, and um, I don't know, it was just great to see. Our uh, former Chivas players did not have a did not have a good day. Nicole even got like a a really nasty uh, stomp on uh, Carol Aramillo's foot. So I don't know. I don't know if they're friendly anymore. <laughs> I don't know if they were even friendly before <laughs> the game. <laughs> but yeah, I mean that was also the thing. I mean, just coming back to to Annette, I think that Annette, like if if I was saying that this is like the the match that showed like the best version. 
of Jocelyn we have seen yet, this was also like something similar for Annette. Mm-hmm. Like this is the kind of Annette that, that we know that she can be and this is the level that we can expect for her because she's a player that has been on these national team processes that has like played a World Cup final at the youth level and that's the kind of like performance that we should be expecting from her. So I hope that she remains consistent. And I also hope that this kind of like shows her the way of like, I can do this and like I can deliver at this, at this level of, of high performance. So, yeah, I mean, I think that it was great and it's been great seeing that, that kind of growth from them. And, and yeah, I mean, the, the, our former players did not have a great match. I mean, I think that maybe the mental part kind of played against Andrea. Um, She looked anxious. She was like really stressed out. I mean, of course it must be like emotional and like we, we know that Andrea has always had like this really strong temper. So, I mean, the, the fact that like her second yellow was a really dumb one too, because I mean, she wasn't going to get the yellow card for the penalty because it wasn't her who did the foul. So, she was like really angry and like I don't know what she yelled at the ref, but it seemed to be like really strong. <laughs> and like even like Daniela Solis, her teammate, like approached her and, and told her, like, think, think what you're doing. Like why why aren't you thinking about what you're doing? So that must have been a fun conversation on the locker room after the game. <laughs> and it's also kind of like part of Rayadas and like their they, their internal issues and like the turmoil they they have right now, and like in in a funny way, like they're kind of like the way Chivas was last season. So, I mean, I'm glad that that we beat them, but I also hope that they can bounce back from that because like they're a great team. I mean, you also don't want to see them like falling apart like that. Like it's it's not that great to see. And yeah, I mean the the yellow for Miriam Castillo and like she's going to get a one match suspension so she won't be available for the match against Tigres. She got that from secret undercover agent <laughs> Eileen Aviles. So yeah, I mean Eileen like pretending to to hate Chiva so that there aren't any transfer rumors yet so that the the, the negotiations don't go sour on that. <laughs> Yeah, I was gonna say a future Chivas player, Eileen Aviles, did not have a did not have a great game either. <laughs> yeah, she's she's pretending to to not do well, but yeah, I mean she should have just stayed in Guadalajara. <laughs> like she she could be like roommates with the U twenty players and like just stay and chill until the season's over, and she can sign with Chivas. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Um, well, Chivas is going to stay in Guadalajara because their next game is also at home. We're wrapping up two games at home. And now we have the battle for first place on Monday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um, if you guys are listening, you guys, you guys can do the math. But, you know, Chivas right now can finish anywhere from first to third place depending on how the game goes on Monday and what Atlas does against Rayadas. Which is gonna happen after the Chivas game, so Chivas won't even know what they need in order to lock up either like second or first or even maybe third. So um, yeah, Melissa, it's it's a game we've been waiting for. Chivas Tigres, it's the best offense versus the best defense of the league. 
um are you nervous excited um i don't know i, I don't know how to feel actually yeah i mean it's going to be interesting to see how tigres do now that tuca announced that he's leaving oh wait what no <laughs> my bad no i'm just kidding um yeah i mean ever since the the schedule got released i mean we didn't know like nobody had any idea of how this team was going to look at jornada 17 so like we were all like expectations were from we're going to be in last place <laughs> and like Mazatlan is going to beat us 3-0 and like I think that maybe the most optimistic of us <laughs> so like oh we're going to be maybe between 6th and 8th and maybe kind of just trying to hold on to so that we we won't get knocked out of Liguilla because we, we said that right we said six, between 6th and 8th place for Chivas so yeah I mean, if you had told me, like, you know, they're going to be playing for Golden Boot Race and for first place on the final jornada, I would definitely would not have believed it. <laughs> but I mean, I, I had never been so happy to be wrong in my life. <laughs> so, I mean, I don't know. It's going to be like so interesting because, I mean, Tigres, of course, they have been beating everyone. But this also isn't like the super dominant Tigres that we're used to seeing. I mean, there are several things going on there. I mean, they have had like COVID injuries and also they're coming off a, a draw against Mazatlan. And that also happened because they needed to finish like their youth minutes. I guess that they wanted to get them done on that game and so that they wouldn't have to be depending on that uh, to finish against Chivas. So I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's going to depend on... And also, like, on Chore, like, how much of their A-team they're going to bring here. Mm -hmm. Because, like, you don't want to get a red card. You don't want to get an injured player. So, I mean, I don't know what, what Tigres is planning to do. I mean, the good news is that there's going to be, like, a good recovery period. They have, like, a week before their next game. It's going to be at home, so they don't have to travel. So... I mean, I think that those little things could add up in giving Chivas an edge. But it's going to be interesting because it's like the best offense, which is Chivas, uh, against the best defense, which is Tigres. So it's definitely going to be fireworks there. Yeah, and um, you mentioned the gold, the golden boot race is still in, in the air. Um, Allison leaves with 17 and Licha's right behind it with 16. Um, Allison's going to play at Rayadas, who just came from giving up conceding five goals to Chivas so you know they're gonna they're gonna lock you know they're gonna polish up their defense to not let that happen again they may shut out Allison and then Licha may get a brace or even one goal to tie it and be co co golden boot champion with uh, Allison so there's also that plot and then going back to last season Chivas lost to Vigas 4-1 but like you mentioned, you know, Chivas was going through kind of like a locker locker room fallout and um, things weren't the greatest in, in terms of uh, team morale and, and behind the scenes stuff. So it's a different Chivas. Um, we are kind of in the same situation where we don't know if Licha's going to play. I, I remember she missed the, the game against Digger last season too. So I don't know. Things... It's so complicated. Um, Gatti Martinez is back and, and practicing with Tigres, so we don't know if they're going to save her for Liguilla or bring her back against Chivas to get her into rhythm for Liguilla. So, so many things in the air. 
And like there's a double lay the legs there because there's Maria Sanchez with Tigres, mm -hmm. but there's also Caro yeah. with Chivas. So, I mean, I think that it's going to be like also we're going to depend on how well our defense and particularly left back and right back do. Jacqueline has been doing great, and I I've also been like really surprised by Godinez. She's been doing really great too. Mm -hmm. And she had a great match against Rayadas. I mean, she's on the on the best eleven for for this week, and like she also served an assist. She had mentioned before that she kind of preferred to take like a more attacking role. So it's going to be interesting to see how she does against Tigres. But she's coming off like in a in a really good at a really good level of performance. So I mean, I don't know what what Chor is planning. But I'm not worried because, I mean, you can tell that he's really studying the rivals. Like, he, he, he probably knows what he needs to or, or how he needs to set up the team to pull off a good result. So, yeah, I mean, I hope that, that Licha is able to play and that she gets, like, the, the golden boot. I mean, whether whether she wins it just for herself or, or it's a tie with Allison. Because if she pulls it this off, like, against Tigres, that's, like, getting a golden boot like in extra hard mode <laughs> yeah definitely yeah so i mean it seems like everything is perfectly set up for licha to pull off like this amazing legendary feat like yeah she's she has one goal less than allison yes this is the best defense in the league and like the only thing that would make it even more perfect in my mind is if she was wearing the anniversary jersey <laughs> But like they say, God doesn't give with two hands. So I'll take it if she can get the like the golden boot. Like if it's a it's a tie with Allison, like I'm perfectly okay with that. I also think that Allison deserves it. I mean, she's a fantastic player. Like I know she's from Atlas, but I mean, you have to recognize like the the caliber of player that she is. So yeah, I mean, I hope that that this kind of becomes like this super incredible historic match where. Chivas clinched the the super liderato and then Licha gets the golden boot and then we end up in a huge run to the title. So yeah, I mean everybody turn on your veladoras, start <laughs> praying because we're going to need this for like the final push. Come on, it's just the final push. Six games, uh, plus the match against Tigres, and we could be on our way to a championship. Yeah, we asked the question, you know, uh, I think last episode we said um Sabale Soñar and I think the way Chivas has looked these last couple of games, and depending on how they look against Tigres, I think, um, you know, potential title contender. And and Melissa, we've had good luck against our uh, former our former Chivas members um, over the tournament. We beat um, Janelli with America. We beat Nicole and Andrea with Rayadas. Uh, Norma Palafox obviously isn't playing, but we did lose to Pachuca. And then now Maria Sanchez is like the final... The final boss, you know, we gotta go go see how we do against her. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the thing with Maria and like, I mean, I like her. She's a really nice person. Of course, I want to be Tigres, but I'm kind of like her season. Like she has what? Like she just hit 100 crosses, and like she doesn't even have like five assists. So it's taking her like more than 20 crosses to get an assist. And, like, it, it sucks to see because, like, 
she's been like really fundamental for for Tigres, but she's also not like producing numbers as good as she she had with Chivas. So yeah, I mean, I just hope that that like that the match goes well and like I'm not wishing her like anything bad. But yeah, I hope that that we're able to to beat Tigres and like that's also going to be like a lot of work for. I mean, for Godínez and for Jacqueline Rodríguez, because I mean, Godínez is probably going to get to play against Ovalle, which is like one of the hardest players to to cover yeah. defensively. And Jacqueline is going to get Maria, so I mean, they're going to have like their work cut out for them. But it's also like that's the kind of test that you want coming into Liguilla. I mean, if they can pull this off, like their confidence level is going to be off the charts. But also, I mean, I think that. I mean, I don't think that this is a team that that will buckle under the pressure. Like, even if they win, like, I don't see them relaxing because the whole season has been about, yeah, I mean, it's great, we won. I mean, everybody's doing great, but our mind's on the next game. And, like, we're taking this game by game. So, I mean, I think that it's also important that when you are closing the regular season so strong, that you are able to kind of, like, manage yourself, like, physically and mentally, because like I said, you still have six matches left if you want to win the, the title. So I think that's kind of something that Rayadas and Tigres have been able to do really well. Like handling that because um, like this is not the finish line. This is just like the start of a whole different tournament that is Liguilla. Yeah, Liguilla, Liguilla is a whole new season and you can't count out, like, like you said, experience and, you know, Tigres, Rayadas, they've been there before. They know how to handle the pressure of Liguilla. We have a relatively young squad, so we don't know how they'll react to the pressure of Liguilla. But uh, I think we can talk about more more of that on the next episode, Melissa. But for Chivas Tigres, do you have a prediction? Yeah, I think that it's going to be 3-1 for Chivas. Damn, 3-1. Yeah, when we were recording like the Spanish podcast before Rayadas, because we, we didn't get to record this one, I told them I think that Chivas is going to win against Rayadas for one, and they were like, "You're crazy." <laughs> so that's why I'm I'm just going to keep that attitude because it seems to be working. <laughs> so yeah, three one, and then like Licha will clinch the Golden Boot there. That's what I'm aiming for. Um, I'm going with the one one tie actually. And I don't know what that means for Chivas in terms of where they're going to end because with a tie, they they totally depend on what Atlas does against uh, Rayadas. So Chivas could end second or third. Um, We'll see, I guess, Monday. But I think it's going to be a 1-1 tie. I just feel like I feel like Shorty is going to keep some of his cards in his pocket. You know, he's not going to want to give Tigres too much film to study. He's going to try to keep it to a minimum and and not he'll probably chase the game, but I don't think it'll be enough. And I think it'll just end one-one, and and then we move on to Liguilla. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see like how the placements end because like if it was over like today, right now it would be um, Chivas against Pachuca. Yep. And like Pachuca is like one of the two teams that beat us, but. I mean, it would be interesting. And also, I think that there's, like, the potential of another Clásico Nacional in Liguilla. Yeah. And I think that could be kind of perfect. 
like to get revenge. That's I, I actually don't want that. That kind of like worries me, honestly. Because it's a classical and like they have a new coach. Um, they've been squeezing out results now. They just squeezed out a result against Cruz Azul. And they, I watched that Cruz Azul in the America game. They look, they look better. They look like a more cohesive unit. So I'm like, we yeah, beat them when they were down. Like, <laughs> that's true. But like we beat them when they were down and now they might be on the rise. It's like, ah, do we really want to run into that? But yeah, it would be perfect revenge for last season and uh, previous season. So I guess bring it. Whoever we get in the year, just bring it. Yeah, I think that it could be anyone between um, Pumas, Toluca, Pachuca, or America because those are like ranked five through eight. So I mean, it, it's going to be interesting because I mean, Pumas they beat for one. Toluca was a draw actually. Pachuca beat us, and then we beat America, so there's a lot of interesting combinations there. But yeah, I mean, like you said, um, Liguilla, like, mentally, is a whole different thing. And, like, I don't know, I mean, I, I'm kind of confident that, like, even the younger players, I mean, Isabella already scored in a Liguilla, yeah. so, like, I know that she's not going to to feel, like, the pressure. Like, I, I think that she seems to be the kind of player that thrives of that. So, yeah, I mean, I, I'm not too worried about that but yeah i mean it's going to be interesting to see what ends up happening yeah definitely so chivas femenil versus tigres monday night you can watch that on the telemundo deportes app you can watch it on chivas tv if you have a vpn and if you're not gonna be home and can't watch just stay tuned to the chivas del norte account stay tuned to the uh, chivas femenil english account that melissa runs and we'll have all the updates there and uh, we'll be back next week talking Chivas Tigres and our next uh, Liguilla opponent because we'll know by then. Uh, Melissa, do you have anything else to add before we wrap it up? Well, I mean, just keep asking and keep supporting the, the team and keep badgering Puma so that they give Licha <laughs> a sponsorship deal and like keep annoying Amaury so that they open up the stadium for Liguilla. Oh, yeah. And who, who else do we have to keep annoying? I mean, just light up the veladoras and start praying <laughs> for the team. I mean, come on, people. We need we need all hands on deck. This is like this is like the, the, the real deal and we need to, to be ready for like the big moment of the season. There you go. You got to be ready. All hands on deck. Uh, we'll be back next week. Thank you for listening. We are out. <laughs>